Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, folks. I am John Najarian, and this is Compound Interests. Today, I was lucky enough to talk with a guy who's changing the world, Troy Prince over at Wall Street Bound. Uh, and Wall Street Bound, his mission, Troy's mission, is to basically give that hand up to people that he thinks uh, have the tremendous potential in financial services, in trading, whether that's Forex trading, whether it's options. Um, he has partnered up with Maverick Trading to basically provide not only education, but then to actually have the ability to have them trade in a funded account and basically make money as a trader, if that is indeed the direction that they choose to go. Could be, again, Forex, futures, options. Uh, I think you'll really be inspired by what you hear from Troy, because this is a guy that um, in high school uh, basically uh, won a trading contest and took it from there all the way to getting on some of the biggest trading desks on Wall Street and never forgot about where he came from, never forgot about those other kids in the Bronx that were smart and that maybe didn't get the same opportunities that he did. Um, he's the oldest, I think, of five kids. I'm the oldest of four. Um, and we had a wide ranging discussion about basically making sure that uh, you are as philanthropic as you can be and as inspiring as you can be Truly, Troy is both, and I really appreciated the conversation. I think if you listen to it, some of you might even decide to uh, throw a few shekels his way because it's a 501c3, which means, of course, you get a deduction for uh, helping somebody else out. And that somebody isn't Troy. Troy is the guy helping people, uh, but the uh, wallstreetbound.org is the place that is helping hundreds of young kids every year get into finance. Troy, just for the people that have not seen you uh, on uh, CNBC or seen any of the articles, because there are a myriad of articles, folks, that have been written about what Troy's doing in Forbes and a bunch of other periodicals, but give us just a little background, if you wouldn't mind, about you as a trader, how you broke into Wall Street. All of our stories are different. Um, I came out of pro football and was lucky enough to have that career be as short as it was in Chicago. So that's how I ended up on the trading floors, Troy. How did it come about that you got to be a trader? Um, and then I'll ask you some questions about trading and we'll get into Wall Street Bound. Thanks much. I love it. I love it. So uh, sophomore year in high school, you know, I joke and I say that I wish it was a story of, by me at the age of... Uh, 14 sophomore year I was already doing some deep dive fundamental analysis but it's not the case um, I recall social studies class beginning of the year whomever picks the stock by the end of the year that performs the best gets five extra points uh, on their final grade I think I picked Johnny John um, and lo and behold it was the winner five extra points this is great what's happening here and this was right around the time when uh, Jack Schrag when market wizards came out 
um, I think it might have been a few months in between. And so between that experience and reading Market Wizards, and I knew within chapters, this is exactly what I wanted to do. I remember being so excited. I called Jack Schrager. He was still a, a, a futures analyst at Prudential back in the day. And so Market Wizards, and by 17, fast forward, uh, what's that, two years, I was cold calling a Shishan Lehman. By 18, I was in operations at Solomon, graduated NYU Stern, and within that year, I was on a desk in Tokyo. So you're over in Tokyo. You've got this job. Um, you've just been over on Sali uh, and Lehman Brothers, so you know a little bit about what Wall Street's about. And now all of a sudden you're in there with all these crazy Japanese traders who are legendary for going out almost all night. And you're this young guy on the trading desk. Tell me what that was like. Uh, very interesting. So, you know, it just so happens that I end up working for, uh, I went intending to work for Solomon, spent a first stint uh, on the desk at First Boston, but landed at Daiwa Securities, the number two Japanese broker. So all trading in Japanese. Um, and that was a trip to get up to speed, of course. But these guys are as crazy as you think and you know them to be from the movies, you know, out all night, uh, buying new neckties the next morning on the platforms. Um, and it, it really is crazy. And I remember, you know, a story when I first landed, people would come up to me just to touch my hair. So literally between just the culture shock you know, I remember my first six months at Daiwa. Um, went to the beach, came back, had a tan. I'm peeling a bit. And literally the people in the office were like, are you okay? They couldn't quite understand what it meant for a black guy to be peeling, getting a suntan. So it's just a lot of crazy things. But the Japanese guys, hard workers, they put in lots of hours. They won't leave until their boss leaves. And so both sides of that coin that you hear are absolutely true, as crazy and as hardworking as, as we know them to be, I guess, from what you see. Now, you had a 20-year or more career as a trader. Um, I'm sure people watching right now are saying, okay, um, is he still a trader? I trade on my, of course, I trade on my own, my own money, not as active as I'd like to be. Um, but of course, yes, I am still trading, not as active as I'd like. Uh, more passive uh, to the extent of just longer term, longer term trades. And actually I like uh, my sweet spot definitely uh, is and was always as a swing trader, just based on my personality, multiple weeks. Um, but yes, but being that I'm running this mission full time, I would like to get to the point where I'm trading more actively again. But of course it's once, once you've got the bug, once you're in it, it, it does not leave you. You know that as you know that better than I. So when you're swing trading, by the way, Again, because a lot of the people watching the podcast um, do exactly what you're talking about. They're, although they might not extend it out into weeks as much as you, because a lot of our followers tend to be uh, even much quicker twitch traders. Not mm. in and out the same day, Troy, that often, but certainly in and out the same week very mm -hmm. frequently. Mm -hmm. um, so what kind of classes, what kind of assets were you trading? and? are you still trading those same things or have you migrated to uh, different sort of vehicles? In other words, maybe you traded options before, um, maybe you traded uh, covered rights and all that kind of stuff, or were you just always, you know, equities themselves? Uh, so institutionally, I never traded options on an institutional level. You know, I dabble on my own. 
Um, and I certainly can't speak to the degree I can on equities institutionally speaking. Um, it was always pretty much equity. You know, I started off uh, when I was, came back to the States, I was on the block, the listed block desk at Salmon Brothers. So traditional training on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. I think I was in the garage. Uh, so traded listed mostly. I uh, traded prop NASDAQ for a few years, which I love. This is during the height of the internet bubble up until 2000. No, through that. So I was trading NASDAQ during 2001. Um, my time in Asia, actually Japan was three different stints. So most of that was Japanese equities. I also traded Japanese convertible bonds, um, futures of course, currencies. And uh, last but not least, my last institutional role, uh, I traded Asian equities all throughout the board. Uh, my last stint at Wells Fargo. And that, you know, it's interesting. It's straight equities, but as you, as you audience may or may not know, some foreign markets have restrictions based on them wanting to limit uh, foreign participation. And so it gets really, it gets interesting, uh, but pretty much straight equities, but it's not always equities, the way they, they structure notes, et cetera, for foreigners. Um, overall, I would say the theme has shifted. You know, now, uh, again, I'm not as active. I trade some ETFs because I'm not as doing as much homework and work as, as I'd like to do. So it becomes more of macro plays, macro looks on things. You know, gold has just been a, you know, a, a nice trade for, for some period of time. Just stick with it. Uh, so it tends to be more macro now, expressed by ETFs. I'm not able to do the homework I'd like to do. So Troy, you're a trader, successful trader, been on a number of uh, desks that some people would, you know, basically cut off their arm to be on those desks. That's not easy, folks, to be on with Daiwa, with uh, Solomon Brothers, um, even Lehman in the day. These were firms that were, you know, at the peak. These are great trading firms. And, and Troy, being on those desks, uh, I got to assume that without, you know, prying too deep into your personal life, that you did pretty well. So my question to you is, what all of a sudden bubbles up inside you that says, I got to give a hand up to people who um, are out there who don't know about this life, who don't know that they could make a difference, that they could be on this desk too. Was that something that you had deep inside you for a long time? Was it something that you had a goal as far as a number? And you said, when I get to this, bang, I'm going to you know, really dedicate myself because clearly you have now just trading on your own, you've dedicated yourself to Wall Street bound. What was the trigger for you to do that? Thanks for that question, John. I would say um, two things, you know, being Caribbean descent from the Bronx, um, growing up in a neighborhood where I, I knew there were smart kid, people, smart young people in my block, in my congregation, in my family. I'm the eldest of five kids, everyone with degrees, my sister has double degrees from Columbia, um, but for some reason, I never saw myself on the desks. This is over multiple time frames, multiple years, multiple firms, and if it did ever come up, it would seem to always be the answer was, we can't find them. And I always thought it was strange. And so knowing that there is young 
hungry talent out there that has the natural innate capacity to learn and to excel it was just strange that somehow this disconnect between these two worlds uh, was not taking place. And so I've had this idea actually for, for some 15, 17 years, always with the idea that at some point there needed to be an intentional bridge, an intentional pathway to bring these two universes together. And um, again, from the uh, South Bronx, if not me, who? So I moved back uh, from abroad last year I'm 48 and I ask myself, Troy, what are you waiting for? Things haven't gotten better. Let's get to work. So it's now my full-time mission. And I consider myself a market um, rebel. Uh, you know, I like in, that. In, of course, you know, market rebellion. This idea of changing the status quo. There is no real reason why this demographic cannot or should not be either more looked at as, as a recruiting, as a resource, and or uh, tap into the uh, uh, potential of the capital markets. I grew up, uh, my address, I Googled it. It's 11.5 miles from the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, humans jog that in an hour now. There's no reason why with the markets and that potential there, I should grow up and young people behind me in the poorest congressional district in all of America. It does not make sense, but it has to be done intentionally. That's what Wall Street Bound is here to do. How? Tell us a little bit about the program then. I mean, so I know that, that this has been, I, I don't want to say fluid, um, but you've been changing that program as you have uh, grown the success of it, as you've partnered with Maverick, for instance, on the trading side. Um, and I applaud you for that because you've, you've looked at a, a need and you've found a better way to fulfill your mission. Um, but tell us a little bit about, okay, how do you mold a young person for that? And then how long is the program once they get started with you, Troy? Thank you. So Wall Street Bound was initially launched with the idea of college students and preparing them for internships and full-time jobs on Wall Street. But what I found over this journey is, number one, Wall Street, the traditional Wall Street is obsessed with the idea of summer internships being the entree into full-time jobs. So unless you're in that pipeline, um, the idea of getting a full-time offer on graduation coming in cold is very difficult. So we launched with, um, initially we have a, what we call the Introduction to Wall Street Bootcamp, which we hold at colleges, now virtually introducing uh, this demographic, largely minority, to what is it like? What is this about? The industry, the history, asset classes, um, career paths, et cetera. That leads to um, a, lo a longer 100-hour, 12-week program, which we call Wall Street Direct, which is going a little bit deeper into the actual technical skills of the markets, looking at uh, modeling, looking at fundamental technical analysis, uh, doing a deeper dive on some of those skills that they need. What I'm very excited about and what you allude to is this idea of connecting with capital. You know, it's one thing to uh, teach financial literacy, let's say. It's another thing to uh, teach investment fundamentals. But what we find, and I think what your whole audience can relate to, the difference is I can be the smartest person on the planet. If I don't have capital, to express my views, kind of what's the point? And so this idea of connecting with 
proprietary trading firms that, as you can imagine, it's no change of behavior because their model is to allocate capital to independent traders once they prove that they can be uh, good stewards of capital. That's number one, manage the risks. Number two, make money. And so to the degree that they don't care if it's what your GPA, what your SAT score is, if you went to Harvard, can you manage a risk? Can you make us money? And so the idea of connecting with firms like Maverick, where all I'm saying is let's turn that recruiting camera on to this demographic that we know intuitively innately has these skills, but connect them with the information, with the education. And I'm terribly excited to unleash this upon the world, this idea of through a hundred hour training program for foreign exchange, that's all virtual, 250 hours of training for stock options, again, all virtual, everyone trades from home, traders keep 70, 80% of their PL, uh, and the program begins once you uh, are accepted and, and, and complete your training, begin with live accounts. That's $10,000 live capital in the Forex, for, uh, Forex accounts, it's small, but volatility uh, for stock options, live accounts that begin at 25,000. And over the course of a one year program, we expect to graduate students to $250,000 live capital training of Maverick Capital. And Maverick tops out at uh, accounts at just under a million. And they're like, we have capital for 500, bring it on. And so it's very exciting. We just announced this last month. And uh, this is what I'm trying to bring to the world because in terms of this capacity, you know, Wall Street only employs 181,000 people. We have 2 million young people here in New York City alone. Let's bring those two resources together, the talent and the capital. Now, uh, how involved were you with the uh, curriculum, with setting what the, uh, you know, and, and I imagine that it's uh, distance learning, as you said already, it's virtual, which I'll say is also distant learning, but are the classes live? Are they recorded so the student could be working a job and tune in and watch it? Uh, at a different time. Tell us a little bit about that. It's both. So combination of recorded material. One of the things that Maverick has found through their 23 years of recruiting and training traders is, um, you know, trading is a, is a matter of personalities and not trying to fit all personalities into one strategy, into one style. And so for those that either are unable to commit the same amount of time, uh, let's say intraday to sitting in front of the screens, that's where actually that's more so geared towards the stock options uh, program where you have access to live mentors of recorded material and weekly calls. But for those that enjoy want to sit in front of the screen and are more uh, suitable or capable of managing the risk of the intraday volatility of foreign exchange, um, live mentoring, et cetera, screen sharing, et cetera. So Maverick's been doing this for 23 years. I come in on the mentoring and also in the traditional path of also making sure students, uh, for those that end up uh, wanting to transition from trading for whatever reason or try the aspects of, of Wall Street, we also make sure we deliver uh, traditional credentials like FINRA, your first level FINRA exam, your CFA, your first level, uh, what they call the new program, the investment foundations. So a combination of all, uh, I'm on the front end recruiting, uh, mentoring, and the traditional uh, certification, but the core of the training is Maverick because they've been doing this for 23 years. They know exactly what works. And so I'm just there on the back end as support on, and, and mentor. Now, you mentioned, Troy, that uh, you do this uh, more or less recruiting, I'll call it, virtually. 
you used to go out to the colleges, but obviously with COVID, it's a lot more efficient, even without COVID, to do these virtually. How do you reach the kids? How do you, you know, uh, is it on Facebook? Is it on TikTok? I mean, <laughs> how, how do you basically put an ad out there for these kids to say, hey, have you ever considered a job on Wall Street? And maybe even tell us what that ad or however it is that you pitch, what that sounds like or looks like. I would say that until now, and we're launching the Maverick uh, program uh, that we announced last month. Um, until now, and what I found is it's primarily focused on college students. Mm -hmm. That's rising sophomore, juniors, sometimes seniors. But for the Maverick program, we would extend that to seniors and recent graduates because we all know, again, you know, to traditional Wall Street path, they, they require, they're very strict in what they need, but we know that anyone can have that thing, that way of thinking to trade. But until now, the great success in terms of getting in front of students has been uh, direct contact with universities and colleges that we work with in our boot camp programs, in our traditional training programs. And where we find to be the best spots are the um, finance clubs on campus. So for example, our first partner was CUNY, City University of New York, the largest public college system in America. Mm -hmm. Per year, they matriculate 450,000 or so, uh, 12 different campuses. We started with just one campus in Brooklyn. We held our first boot camp that was sponsored by the finance club. And so that's 12 campuses within CUNY, different populations. Um, and that's pretty much it. So there's some self-selection to the degree that I'm making connections with the deans of the business departments. I get connected with professors who either on their own have interest or are doing certain things. And then what you find is that the professors uh, for the finance clubs always have some academic staff that's the liaison between the institution and the, and the clubs. And that generally is where the great um, connective tissue lies in connecting with the departments, but through professors that are aligned with the clubs and then the finance clubs themselves are like gold. So they're there, they're already motivated. You know, you'll find some, we're speaking with three CUNY campuses, uh, LIU Brooklyn, St. Francis, and a few. And some of them are to the point where the student finance clubs are already managing part of the school endowment. So it's really exciting to see this already taking place. Um, you, you already told us how you got started. Um, and it was that, you know, basically competition in high school that you picked Johnson and Johnson, Johnny, Johnny John, and uh, <laughs> won the competition. Um, but you've met these two really interesting people. You've met a lot of interesting people, but two people I think that really had an impact. You amongst um, them, brother. Well, yeah, one of them uh, I have not met, and that's Darren Fisher over there at Maverick. How did you guys meet? And did you just pitch this idea to him, or had he heard about it from a kid perhaps that came from something that you were doing to him? How did that get started, that relationship? Yeah, so again, with this idea of being a trader, wanting to connect this community, this demographic that typically is overlooked from Wall Street recruiters, I was always thinking, how can I do this at scale? And it was just always apparent to me that it had to be reaching out, connecting with proprietary trading firms. And um, quite frankly, I cold called um, I've been knocking on doors, um, having multiple conversations, and Darren, the CEO, uh, I think he said coincidentally, he had saw me on CNBC, 
And uh, literally within one phone call, he's like, we're in, let's figure this out. So the result of a LinkedIn, just random, uh, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. Uh, and the CEO and the co-founder and the founder, uh, Rob, they, they bought in and it was just a matter of weeks before I think we put out our agreement and within maybe a month or two, the press release announcing the program last month. So cold call, they bought in this idea. Uh, again, you know, their motto is changing, the, is empowering the world one trade at a time. And as we all know, just like the market rebellion, this idea of changing the status quo you know, success in the markets has little, if anything, to do with the zip code you're born into, where do you summer, the sports you played in college. Do you have it? Do you not? Let's find it. Let's turn it on. Very inspiring. Um, how about uh, this other crazy guy um, who is uh, a friend of mine um, and has inspired me at times uh, on the venture side of the business? Um, and he's also a very funny guy. He made, I think, one of his first big uh, scores with Wall Strip, which was a, uh, a cartoon uh, almost. It was uh, a comedy program that he starred in himself. Um, and that man is Howard Lindzen. Uh. Um, and I know, you know, Howard, uh, founder of Stock Twits. Um, you met Howard. Tell me how you met him and how StockTwits is involved now right. with Wall Street Bounce. So thank you. Yeah, Howard, interesting guy for sure. Yes. Um, I met Howard, uh, also cold call, through his blog. And through his blog and, I, and me knowing of his involvement with StockTwits, um, I always get the sense, it's something he speaks to, and I, I can't, you know, to paraphrase, but again, similar to Market Rebellion, this idea of, democratizing the markets, making the act, providing access, making the terminology, making the information available to all. And so something, you know, obviously I related to that message and I just pinged Howard again out of the blue. Howard, this is what I'm working on. Um, I know you, of your involvement with StockTwits. I know you have a platform that I'd love to uh, see if we can discuss just helping me spread this message. And over the course of some time, I met, uh, Howard and I met whenever he was in New York you know, Howard's interesting, you know, our meetings would always be seven o'clock in the morning somewhere. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I can probably name the times I've had seven o'clock meetings pre COVID, of course, and each of them have been with Howard. Um, but over the course of time, relationship building. And uh, so stock twits, we just announced a partnership uh, last month as well, where stock twits is allowing us or providing us uh, the platform to share a message with their audience. Uh, also to start uh, speaking about content, co-creation, um, a lot of things in the works, but the idea, again, of an audience of traders, a community building and sharing information, again, like Market Rebellion, like Howard, his blog, and StockTwits, let's democratize this space. It does not need to be the purview of the guys from Hamptons only, or excuse me, I mean, listen, Hamptons, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. Um, all right. Uh, how many kids, young adults, have gone through the program so far. What is your goal? I mean, obviously, you want to bring up, you're the Pied Piper. You want to bring as many people as possible to it. I get that. But how many are there right now that you guys have reached, helped place, and are 
in the markets now, even though you've, you know, this is a relatively new venture, especially the partnership with Maverick. And what is your goal, Troy, as far as how many kids you think you could, you know, provide this kind of uh, access to? Thank you. So, yeah, so as you mentioned, we launched last year. Um, I would say this year we're on track to touch at least 200 directly. That's not counting the thousands, which we, we, we know we'll touch once we put up our online learning center. We're building a uh, learning platform, a, a, a online academy, a learning academy, if you will, as we speak and plan to host uh, a, a large amount of free content there. We're speaking with, as we speak, um, the Chicago Merck, uh, Investopedia, the CMT Association, the CF Institute, to just make this stuff available. And so that number will go into the thousands, but directly through our boot camps, Wall Street training, and what we expect to launch uh, our first cohort with Maverick, uh, we should probably be touching directly at least 200 this year some of which uh, through our first boot camp are already on the street. You know, a young man, uh, um, Andre attended our boot camp last summer, our first one. Andre was a uh, customer care uh, representative at NYU Dental, at, a, uh, at the dental school. Uh, Andre took the boot camp, studied for his first FINRA license. Within a month, we had him interviewing at uh, City Private Bank. And uh, in March, Andre took a job with uh, Charles Payne. You remember his, remember his shop? Oh, I know uh, Charles. There you go. He's a good uh, man. Yeah, Charles Payne's shop, Wall Street Strategies. Andre now is a research, research analyst. And so it's stories like that where um, we know it's there. It just has to be intentional. And so all, all in all, we expect to touch 200 at least this year, uh, either through the boot camp program, placements in the Wall Street Direct, and a good 20 to 30 for. 20 to 40 possibly directly to Maverick uh, as prop traders with live accounts. And so I'm excited with this idea of, again, it's, you know, intuitive and, and natural to me, but let's connect that virtually unlimited talent with the social capital, which I find is the biggest hurdle, just getting them in the room. And then ultimately, I guess the most exciting thing going forward where we can go to scale is this idea of connecting with the virtually unlimited capital that's out there just looking for, good hands. Well, it's a great mission, Troy. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on with us um, to talk about this today. Um, folks, Troy is the founder of Wall Street Bound. Um, that's wallstreetbound.org. And it's a registered 501c3, isn't it? I correct. Co correct. Uh, IRS recognized all donations, tax deductible, um, and if I can make a shameless plug, sure. um, I do this full time, uh, as a nonprofit, we rely on the generosity of the public, uh, of our fellow trader community. And so only with donations that does this work continue and scale. So I would implore, you know, feel free to come check out the website. We've got a boot camp going right now, uh, at St. Francis college in Brooklyn, for an example, tomorrow as our two our two guest speakers, we're going to have uh, Mario Gobelli, Leon Cooperman. I mean, that's just what we're trying to bring to these young people. So please um, check out the website and uh, donate. We'll put up links to it. Thank you so much, Troy. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Uh, you know, core to my mission is market rebellion as well. 
disrupt the status quo of the market. So this means a lot to me to be on your show today. And um, John, you just keep doing your thing, brother, because options, anything I want to do going forward with options, you, you, you and your brother, you're the guys, we'll have that chat. And I hope to engage your community as well. Thank you so much. Thank you, Troy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.